Welcome to Blake's Free Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, another one's along for the ride, and another one is saving seals. Again, Monday night is also on a hot date. James, say hi. What's up? What's up? We are the last episode before opening day. The best Let's day go. of the year. Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited, even though we play Kershaw opening day at 4 o'clock Eastern time. You're more projecting names. All good. Can't wait. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. At least we had the opportunity to get Bowers' ass on Saturday or Friday. So if we beat Bauer, if we demolish Bauer, everything is going to be okay. I think so. I'm going to email Monfred right now and say, if we beat Bauer, we automatically make the playoffs. Yeah. The rooftop justified. Be perfect. Yeah. Money maker. Justified. <laughs> Trevor Story <laughs> trade justified. Let's go. Let's man. There's so much to unpack here. So <laughs> there's so much we can get into it. Let's do it. I really just want to ask you the question: What does it? What does Gomber need to do to not be the guy in the Nolan trade? What does Gomber need to do to be Gomber? Um, can you clarify? Like, uh, what does he need to do? Like to like equal Nolan or what does he need to do to just like so, not be a bust? I'm paraphrasing. I recently today or yesterday, he came out and said he doesn't, he doesn't want to be known as the guy in the Nolan trade that came to Colorado. He wants to be known as Austin Gomber, which sure. got to respect, right? You're, you're a baller. You got to do your thing, but I don't know. What does he have to do for me, a Rockies fan to make him not the Nolan Arenado guy okay i i want to be as respectful as possible to, to austin gomber i'm sure he's a great pitcher there's no doubt about that but when you're a fly ball guy and you're 27 years old and you get traded to colorado there is no way that you look in the mirror and you say yeah this is gonna work out for me i think i think this is the better deal for me and I just, I, I can't bring myself to do it. You know, I'm going to root for him, no doubt. Um, I'm sure he's going to have some good outings. I'm sure he's going to be really frustrated by a lot of things. As, uh, you know, the Jason Hirsch interview kind of highlighted, some pitches just don't work at altitude. And that's the way it is. And I feel bad for Austin because he was set up for failure. And it's not his fault. It's the front office's fault. And you know, as much as you want to like root for the guy and that he's going to push through it and all that stuff, he's definitely going to try and he'll have some good outings. But at the end of the day, I think the front office sabotaged him just like they sabotaged the, the, the Arenado uh, extension, just like they sabotaged um, the story deal that's going on now and so on and so forth. I Honestly, I just feel bad for the guy. So what I'm hearing you saying, you're a little salty still, still a little mad, and there's just not a lot of good, not not a lot of things in his repertoire that will highlight him to be successful. I mean, I'm, yes, I'm salty about the deal, but I'm also, I'm also frustrated from a player's perspective because I mean we didn't really get a return, and he had such a better chance of being successful in a place like St. Louis than he does in Colorado. I mean, let's be real about that. Um, 
Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so it's going to take him a lot, I guess is what I'm hearing you say. He does have his barrel percentage last year, according to Stackhouse, was in the top 4% of the league. And the launch angle last year was at 10%, where the league average was about 12%. So the numbers aren't completely against him, but they're not completely for him. Anyway, Gomber, hopefully you make your name, but we're a little leery, just a little leery. Um, let's jump right into the bullpen. So we talked about the we talked about the starting rotation a little bit, like how this is going to be a good rotation of all healthy. Not looking at great, but what do we have in the bullpen? Right off the news with Oberg, huge hit on a whole personal level. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it gets better and all that. Uh, definitely root for the guy. He's just an all-around great dude. He spent 40 minutes talking to the press today and like actually had feelings and let us all know. Um, but from a baseball standpoint, this just demolishes our already depleted bullpen. Who, what is a name? What do you just, what do you see? What's a name that stands out to you that might have a big year? What can you take away from it? What do you think? Well, uh, playing fantasy baseball, uh, Daniel Bard, he's projected to get about 26 saves this year. I think he's going to eclipse that, probably 30, 32, something like that. So then he's going to have a wins. He's going to have a, we're going to have a save in half of our wins. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a stretch, but I, I think 30 saves is in the realm of possibility for Daniel Bard. I mean, he, he didn't give up a run this, this spring training. I mean, the guy's got it. He's got it together. He's always had this stuff. Uh, he had the yips there for about seven years, which, you know, can't blame him, but he figured it out. So uh, we're lucky to have him. Gibbons mm -hmm. is supposed to be our setup guy. And I'm a little concerned about him because his He's ERA. Not be good. Yeah, it's not been great. I'm just, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping, you know, he's been working on some stuff quotes uh quote unquote working on some stuff you know working on some stuff. yeah he's been throwing that knuckleball all spring training just trying to get it down um just catch coach <laughs> and then you look at a guy like estevez who throws 100 miles an hour but yet has a 12 era like i don't, they all, don't understand they like, are spring training stats it always goes back to that age-old question how much weight do you put in spring training to stats well, that, that's the thing is like, sometimes you put very little, uh, I think your biasy, your biases like plays into that because sometimes you put very little into the guys that you know that can perform. And then the guys that you've never heard of, you always like, Oh man, yeah, this guy's going to make a name. Trevor story. Perfect example. He wasn't yeah. supposed to make the opening team roster the year that he did, but he killed it in spring training. And then guess what? He hits two home runs off Zach Granke opening night. Let's go. So, you know, like we could sit here and say like, oh, spring training stats don't matter, but yet they do. Also, sometimes they don't, but maybe I don't like, I just, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta throw in the track record in with it too. Right. Like it's not just spring training. It's the track record and spring training and what are we working on type of stuff. Right. So, you know, Trevor story goes out there, hits 400 spring training. Okay. He makes, the roster and then you have somebody like Tom Helton he goes out there and he hits like well let's go back to Trevor Story Trevor Story's only hit like 200 the spring yeah. training go well, look at you know what he's capable of and all of that stuff so like it's just so 
the double standard is just funny to me because if you establish yourself in in the major league environment at least a little bit the spring training spring training stats just go away yeah uh, but if you're like a, an up-and-comer or somebody's like you know like begging to try to make the roster um then spring training tri- they mean everything it's just i don't know it's just a hit or miss type of deal take what you want right right yeah i am your givens take i'm nervous he's been he hasn't been good in colorado he's been very inconsistent we got him last year obviously in the with pilar and all that and it just it hasn't been good and his spring training has been horrific it could have been 20 times worse if owens didn't make a nice diving play two days ago it just i don't know i don't know if he's it yeah very concerned he becomes Yairo like yeah i have um a very firm take that the front office um obviously of what bradish has done like signing free agents especially on the pitching side of things isn't possible so what you should do is just leverage yourself to get the best possible draft picks and compensation picks that you can possibly get and then just homegrown that like yeah you know, John Gray, he was – if he's with any other organization, he's probably the number one starter, hands down. Uh, and he's been great for us, but he's been awesome. He's been inconsistent, um, but he's homegrown. And it's just, like, there's something to be said about, like, building up a product, um, building them in this environment rather than trying to trade for them or, or sign them in free agency – it's just a difficult spot to be in. And I think if you just start them out from the very get go, like, Hey, you're going to be in Colorado and this is what you're going to expect. And this is what you need to do. Like, let's get after it from the start and you need to see if they're going to be successful. And if they're not, then you need to let them go. If they're a little bit successful, then we need to build on what they're doing well and go from there. And there's a few players that it just hasn't happened with. I am curious how our rule five draft with uh, pick Sheffield from the Dodgers the brother of the other Sheffield, he's been doing pretty good. He throws heat, those little little cheese balls right down the middle. He's going to be interesting to watch. And I'm low-key excited about this Tyler Kinley cat. Yeah, Kinley, I mean, he pitched well for us. I mean, he was a under-the-radar kind of guy. Uh, he joined us from Miami, if I'm not mistaken. You're not. That was correct. And... Um, which is funny because you're coming from Miami, which, you know, historically doesn't have a lot of success. And they let him go and you come over to Colorado and then you had some success. And I remember watching him pitch, not last year in the short season, but the year before that. And I mean, he, he wasn't blowing people away, but at the same time, he was doing his job, which is all you want out of your bullpen people. Like, I don't, I don't want you <laughs> having immaculate innings every no, outing. I don't right. want you striking out the side every inning. I don't, I want you to do your job in the moment of what it calls for. And Kinley, more often than not, did that. <laughs> I mean, more often than not, he did that. And that's that's respectful. It was um, – <laughs> especially as a Colorado Rockies fan, like watching the bullpen and watching somebody who doesn't necessarily have over, overwhelming talent – but has the ability to compete. 
like just wants to compete mm-hmm. is so respectful. Like I just, I love that. And that's what Kinley has. And that's what I love about Kinley. He competes yeah. no matter what. He's got that. He's got that it factor, as you would say. He's you just see him. You see he's balling. You see he's trying to get better every single moment, and he really just wears his performance out there on all of it. And his his metrics, his outside numbers, they look really good. He struggles. His biggest problem is his walks. Um, he has he had a one. 1.056 whip last year, almost 10 Ks per nine in 23 innings and was in the top 10% league with the hard hit percentage, which is the good thing. Expected batting average last year was 182, which is in the top 7%. He has it. He has the stuff. And at his 38 year season, like age 30, he's got to figure it out, right? He just has that high walk rate where he, was, he walked 12 people in 23 innings last year. Yeah. That's, and with that whip, like, if you knock that down, you're going to be solid. And his whiff, his whiff percentage is up. I went to StatCast. I dug in a little bit. And I'm talking myself into Kinley. He's not going to be – he's not going to be all-star caliber, but he gives us what – I think what we need in those performances, that sixth, seventh inning to get to Almonte and Bard type innings. I think he's – I think he's somebody we need to watch out for. All the stats say he should be. I need I need you to correct me if I'm wrong. He's a lefty, isn't he? No. Okay. You you are wrong. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, our boy Ben Bowden. Ben Bowden. He's been doing really good, and I'm curious how Stevenson's going to adjust. I I don't know. His his spring hasn't been good. His track record hasn't been solid. No, I never got very excited about him from the start, and. Of course, I'm rooting for him. Like, even though we're like diving deep into these scenarios, like, of course, I'm rooting for the guy. We're all rooting for all of them. Right. Of course. But at the same time, like, we're being realistic. Stevenson, he was pitching in the second most hitter friendly park (laughs) in Major League Baseball. And now he's going to the first hitters friendly park. Uh, Can't seem, you know, that working out well. Uh, Bowden was supposed to be up with us like two years ago. He came out of uh, Vanderbilt, I believe. Um, got hurt a little bit and just didn't make it through as fast as he should have. So I, I don't know. And then you, you know, you couple that with Oberg's injury, given struggles, Estevez, who throws 100 miles an hour, but yet has 12 ERA. Can't figure it out. Right. It just, doesn't make a whole lot of sense and doesn't set up for success here because everything I've been told is that if you throw hard, you'll, you'll be fine at Coors Field. But, you know, I watched Jeff Francis and Jorge De La Rosa and a lot of people have success and crafty. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm not seeing it. Just not seeing it. I, there's going to be some really high highs and some really low lows i think and it's it's gonna be another season full of bullpen implosions we have that number out there um yeah but i have some good news oh we're gonna watch the the bullpen implosion so you don't have to (laughs) we're here for you guys we do it for you not for us 
it's it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long season, but I think there's some pieces to build on, whether they're trade pieces or future pieces. I don't know. Um, let's get into some fun stuff. Yes, please. Prop bets. Are you are you familiar with prop bets? Well, if I was a betting man, then yes, I would be. But you're not. So we're of gonna... course not. Of course. So not. prop bets are fun bets that can happen during a season. So I did the research. I went to Google and I typed in prop bets for the Rockies. And this is what came on. I will tell you right now, you cannot bet on the Rockies not to make the playoffs. That's pretty bad. They just took that out. <laughs> I said, no, you can't do it. So no money. You're not putting money on that. Are you going to put any money down at 15,000 to one odds? for the Rockies to make a World Series? I mean, so the way I read this is if I put $100 down, I'm going to get 15000 back, right? Yes. Didn't know. I'm not. <laughs> no. Definitely NL, not. Win the NL West at 6600 Um, Definitely not. Thank you. Okay. We're going real quick. Now, this one I think you might want to think about. Will Story win the NL MVP at plus 3000 Possible, but he's going to get shipped off mid-season, so that's going to ruin some shit. Duh. What if he gets shipped off to the Cardinals? Stop. <laughs> You're just being gross. I don't like that. I don't. I think Story might have a chance. I mean, dude's everything shortstop in the league. It's just. I think. Yes, he definitely has a shot, but if he performs as well as MVP level, well then Brad, it should ship him off and get some pieces. But knowing, knowing Brad, it's, that's probably not going to happen. So, Are you one of those people that believes the MVP has to be on a winning team? No, I think the MVP should go to the best performing player of the entire league. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're winning or not. And to the Denver sports fans, I think we can all sympathize that with uh, Nikola J- Jokic right now. Who? Nikola Jokic. He he bounces the ball, right? Yeah, he's like seven foot. He, he's kind of gangly looking, you know. Good guy all around. <laughs> so Denver fans are familiar. I think I put I put ten bucks on that. I put ten bucks on story when they in LMVB. Yeah, I think it's possible. <laughs> I think it's possible. Well, what happens when when Story gets shipped off midseason to somebody like the Yankees? I think you get your your bet back. It's now now in Boyd. Fair enough. Well, another prop bet: Blackman is the MLB MLB hits leader at twenty five hundred. I think that's possible. Um, I definitely that's possible. I don't know what the I don't know what the exact stats are, but I think like six out of the last ten NL batting champs have all been from Colorado. And eleven of the last like twenty seven years or something. We looked into that this past summer. Yeah. It's um yeah. I understand. Coors Field is definitely a, a hitter's park and it's a little unfair to the rest of the league, but it's what it is. Yeah. You play eighty one games at Coors Field and you have a chance. And so do you Black, think I, I think so Blackman's going to be our best hitter so I think that's uh, I think that's the best one so far. Okay. So you're not on the Tapia batting title. 
train. Oh no, I I love Tapia. I think he's gonna hit over three hundred, but I don't think he's gonna he's gonna have the number of hits. Okay. Who? So you're saying Blackman finishes with more hits than Tapia? Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We'll see. Okay, I'm curious. What's, I wonder what you all think. Um, Story leads the league, all of MLB, in steals. Plus 1,400. Hell no. Hell no. Who beats him? He led the league last year. <sighs> I just don't think he's going to want to run as much. Yes, he will. You think? He's, he, he's guaranteed a 30-30 year. He... Sean Casey, I think it was Sean Casey on MLB Network on 30 for 30 Clubs, said that his bold take um, was that Story would have 40, uh, be in the 40-40 club. What? That's what it, 40-40's reach, but Story's been on the verge of both numbers twice. 30 for 30, 30, 30, 30 club for sure. I don't know, but I think this. 30, 30, right? Huh? He's never been 30, 30, right? No, I don't think so. I'll look it up real quick. But I think this is easily the best bet that I've talked about, and I think I'm taking it. I think he's capable, but, with but let's I – th- I definitely think he's capable, but let's look at it from his perspective. He's about to be a free agent on a team that the front office doesn't really want him. Oh, would you get off this? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, Got to go. Have a good night. Yes, but why he's on a contract year, about to go Hall of Fame numbers out there, so he gets a contract from somebody that's going to outdo Seager, Correa, the whole crew, Lindor, who's eating dinner with um, Cohen. It's contract year, bro. You know how that is. So you think he's just going to ball out, like just ball the F out. He's a competitor. He wants to win. He's got the skills he doesn't want to be that guy that just gives up to go back earlier the most steals he's had in a year is 20 27 that was in 2018 because that's his that's his number so you taking it or not i'm sick of you already dude i need something to look forward to Tim Kirchin released an article today about uh, the top most, um, the most exciting part of every single team. And his, his bit about the Colorado Rockies was about how exciting this is going to be to watch story for at least one more year, whether that uh, comes to fruition or not. So I have to agree with that. And if he goes 30 for 30, I mean, dude, come on. My dog is named after story. So you know that's kind of why I'm watching. I'm just I'm just waiting for a heartbreak, unfortunately. Man, this is the time to have hope, though. It's the beginning of the season, bro. You got to go for thirty for thirty and just all in. I'm putting hundred dollars down on it. Story, I'm putting money down on Story leading the league in steals. Really? Yeah, because you named your dog after him. You sold me with that that little tidbit. All right. Well, I guess I'll throw a hundred down too. All right. Two more. Will Bard lead the league in saves mlb saves leader at plus 2500 no i think he'll be top five i don't think he'll lead the league going top five okay i am i agree with we don't we don't win enough games 
yeah and just yeah there's no way and then the final one the big one that we're all watching over under 63 and a half dubs i think we won 65 games you're going 65 so you're taking the over yeah i think um i think the pittsburgh pirates finished last in the league about 61 wins okay i don't think there'll be any team under 60 wins this year so i agree I was going to go without extrapolating any wins or looking at any stats or data um, and counting every win against Trevor Bauer as two. We will have 65 wins. Yeah. Also, I think the Pittsburgh Pirates are the only team that might get 100 lost. Yeah, it's going to be close. And I think they still finish about 98. I think. I don't think there's a. Yeah, I'm with you. There's just too much, too much competition out there. You can always yeah. yeah, and then you're going to bring up some guys that, you know, show out and show out a little bit, so. Yeah. All right, let's end it with some fun, even though that was fun, even, and I said that last time. So we asked you all to send us a little something-something via voice memo, whatever, about your bold takes. And so here's a few of the ones that we've received, and we're going to break down your bold takes. You can yell at us the same way we yelled at you leave a memo back we'll play it next time but here is the first one all right how's this for bold prediction for the rockies best starting rotation in rockies history we're gonna have okay. three starters go 13 plus victories and below four era gray marquez and freeland let's hope for miracles baby they're gonna lead us to the wild card bold prediction Gray, Freeland, and Hermaine, 13 plus sub four. I agree with them at the beginning. Starting rotation is going to be great, fantastic. But three with 13 plus dubs under four? What do you well, feel? <clears throat> we got a couple problems here. So the first one is, is that um, 13 victories for each. So we know that wins from a pitching perspective is pretty kind of arbitrary. Look at uh, Jake DeGrom, who, you know, had a two ERA and can barely win a game, right? Right. And when you're pitching at Coors Field, like bullpen implosions uh, are a regular thing. Like, so, you know, getting 13 wins across three pitchers, which is – respectfully is not going to happen yeah that's era the era thing is possible especially from a gray and herman perspective uh but now you factor in that um freeland's hurt in spring training and it's a shoulder injury so i mean virtually that's the second worst injury you could have as a pitcher so i don't know what's in store for freeland i don't know i don't know what's going to happen and factor in that freeland had a six plus era well you know, the last two years because of just inconsistency issues. I know he kind of got it back under track. Um, but I mean, he was kind of bad there for a while after being the fourth, fourth place finisher in the Cy Young. So go down and figure it out. Right. Right. And then John Gray, you think about John Gray, he's had a great season. Then he had a pretty bad season. Then he had a great season and it's just off and on. So Herman, I'll give you Herman. John Gray, I'll give you a 50-50. Freeland, I'll give you a 60-30. I mean, that's that's all going to be pretty tough. 
Okay. That's, I didn't see you going that route. I, and then he ended it with a wild card piece. You hear that piece? <laughs> I think he's just doing that out of respect. Yeah. He's like, he loop, but, uh, respectfully, I think it's out of reach, but <laughs> it's the beginning of the season. Let's go. Um, bold takes is what we're here for. All right. This one, this one, <laughs> brace yourself. Ryan McMahon will win the RBI title for the National League. RBI title for Ryan McMahon will win. RBI title for the National League. Not just the Rockies, not the NL West, the whole entire league. I actually think this take is a little bit better than than the wow. uh, than the pitching take. I and and yet I still don't think it's very likely. But you know, given the fact that Colorado Rockies have traditionally won the batting title. Um, Arenado's gone. Somebody's going to have to step up and get in some RBIs in that vast uh, Coors Field outfield. It's possible. It's possible. Likely, I don't know. Um, The only person I think that can might maybe beat him is Trevor Story. But if you have Trevor batting fourth, McMahon batting third or McMahon batting fifth. Um, respectfully, you know, you got uh, Hampson, you got Tapia getting on uh, in front of them. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility, but the likelihood I'd put about 25%. Okay. I, I'm agreeing with you, but for different reasons. His strikeout rate is still just too high for me. If you're going up there and striking out one out of every four, one out of every five times, and like we talked about earlier, spring training stats mean something, whatever. His strikeout rate in spring training is still high. Um, his situational hitting hasn't gotten any better, at least from what I see. I know he's working on it because, I mean, that's what everybody's telling us he's working on. I just don't see it playing out. Like having 100-plus RBIs with that kind of strikeout with not the power behind it. Like he has power, but it's not like Nelson Cruz-type power. So I think it's just going to be a little bit harder to find. Um this one's a fun one, especially for you, you up and your your storyline lovers. What's up, Blake Street Banner? Uh, coming in with a hot take here. This one's a little uh, tough because it's going to require Connor Joe to make the roster, but that is seeming kind of likely. Uh, and if slash when he does, I'm predicting he leads the team in on base percentage uh, at a mark over 370. So that one, a lot to take in. I don't know what the requirement is for batting, um, plate appearances and all that. I'm going to say he needs to play at least a third of the season up here to make that even doable. But I I don't know about you, but I've jumped on Connor Joe's back this spring training. Yeah, his spring training has been great. Uh, And he's a utility guy, so he can play multiple positions. I would put his his OBP around maybe 330, 340. 370 is just way too high for me. That puts him around Todd Helton, <laughs> Jason Giambi uh, type numbers. Like guys, um, I mean, that's like Joey Votto type numbers, man. I mean, if he's consistently making a 370 mark OBP, then he's starting every day, whether it's a third base, second base, first base, outfield, whatever. He's starting every day if you're, if you're making 370. He's going to be out there. He, he'll probably be on Billy Bean's radar, uh, Scott, Hatt, Scott Hatterberg type thing. 
I hope you're right. I definitely hope you're right. But I, I you want to you want to hear something fun? Please. So here's the stats. So this isn't as out outlandish as you think. I'm just gonna put it out there. His minor league seasons, granted, it's been a few years. Five seasons, his OBP is 377 in the minors. His with his 16 plate appearances in the MLB, his OBP is 125. In college, he had an OBP of 423. If we put all that together, overall OBP is a 386. Like across all of his baseball as an adult. If his OBP is 360, he is an above average major league baseball player. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care what position he's playing. If his OBP is 360 or above, he's a good player and he should be playing for us every day. Agreed. Does he start the season on the roster? Yes, he does. He's not starting, but he is given an opportunity. And I can guarantee you a day when somebody gets, gets a knock and he comes in and you know, he strings a couple of good games together and so on and so forth. He's going to have an opportunity to make a name for himself and that's going to be fun. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, like it's going to be in a weird way. It's not going to be, he's going to be, you know, dropping homers and uh, delivering uh, walk-off wins and all that stuff. It's, he's just getting on base. He's Joey Votto, man. He's just, he's working walks. He's working at bats. He's, he's doing all that, which is from a, intense baseball perspective like that's that's fun as a fan right exactly and he's definitely a story that we're rooting for that's i think that one's the most likely hot take out of here after looking at all that all right my hot take um Hermaine marquez is a top five cy young finalist feelings thoughts i think without a doubt he has the opportunity. The only thing that I'm scared about is that he's not going to get the wins. They he's, do. Not gonna, he's not going to have the W's behind him. He might have the respectable ERA. He might be top 10 strikeouts. But, you know, what's all that matter when you're 7-7 seven and seven at the end of the year? DeGrom did win at Cy Young without all those wins a few years ago. That's true. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think her mom's DeGrom. I mean, I don't think you're going to have a lot of people fighting you with that take. Yeah. I mean, I, I respect that a lot. I think he's going to be top five. I do, but I just don't think his team is good enough to get him the W's and run support that he needs to put it together. Okay. You got a hot take for us. Final one for all of us to get mad at you for, for this episode. Um, yeah, my hot take is that um, – oh, man, this is tough. Yeah, if only you had so much time to think about it. Right, I never thought about this before. <laughs> All right, tune in next week for it. <laughs> we um, we also got this ridiculous comment in the, in the messages. Who is better, Cecil Fielder or Todd Helton, and why is it Cecil Fielder? And that is something we are just going to break apart next time. I don't think I've ever been so mad about something so dumb. We're not doing it now. No. I was ready to go. I I want you to build it up, bro. We're gonna save that one. I got five. I got five five stats right here. 
give us give us a little teaser give us a little teaser give us one to chew on for a little bit and then we'll we'll come in hot next time i will tell you right now that cecil fielder had more he had better fielding percentages in the most seasons than todd helton ever had does that make sense no okay let me (laughs) rephrase that cecil fielder had more 1000 percent fielding fielding percentage seasons than Todd Helton had. Okay, that makes more sense. More perfect fielding per- years than Todd Helton ever did. Let me say it wrong one, one more time. <laughs> Cecil Fielder had more 1,000 fielding percentage seasons than Todd Helton ever had in his career. Suck on that. <laughs> Todd Helton bands. That's a hard one to bite. And we'll dive into more fun facts next week. Uh, send us all your facts. We'll take hot takes all day send a voicemail email to us be kind to us share us share the good news share the banter we're here for you two days till opening day three days till opening day let's go rock. Woo!